our modern Western culture places little to no value on the power of our nightly dreams to inspire, shift, and reorganize our lives. This podcast demands a deep reconsideration of the role dreams play on our path to a more vital and meaningful life. The following is living proof of the life-affirming power of dreams to affect change and redirect the trajectory of our inner and outer lives. These are the dreams that shape us. Archetype. The word evokes mystery. What is it? It means the first or original form. It's a model for how a person develops. Think of an archetype as the original, which can produce an infinite number of copies similar to itself. Archetypes are universal. Dr. Carl Jung, the originator of the theory of psychological archetypes, says they are the foundational layer of the psyche and the building blocks of consciousness and they originate outside of time and space as we know it. Talk about deepening the mystery. We all know archetypes from our personal experience of them, but few of us can personally identify with them or even identify them in ourselves. It's one thing to know archetypes as a concept and another to see them in the mirror. My co-host, A.Q. the Dreamwalker, is my mirror for this subject. His experience with the archetypes in his dreams and with embracing them as living parts of who he is has influenced me to actively seek them out within myself. It's transformative. He is living proof. Seeing archetypes in dreams is another way Stephen's special light shines as a person and dream worker, as you're about to hear in his interview with Leah, whom we both met years ago at Reddit Dreams. Stephen helps her see the archetypal roots of potent new parts of her personality coming into being, previewed in her dreams. Archetypes appear in our dreams that are the most potent and energetic. When they take form as characters and symbols from myth and folklore, they are pretty easy to spot. But other times they take forms that are closer to home, as people we know and other familiar features of ordinary waking life. And they are not so easy to see behind those dreams. I'll turn you over to Stephen and Leah and their stunning and fascinating exploration of the archetypes in her dreams and the many ways they are shaping her life and the person she is becoming. Listen for the juicy bits of wisdom that emerge about how everyone, how you, can spot archetypes and know this mystery for yourself. All right, well, here we are with Leah. Leah, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So to begin our conversation here tonight about your amazing dreams... I guess I wanted to start by asking you, uh, what season was it that these dreams kind of erupted in? Is it all contained within one season or is it kind of throughout it? Yes. Yeah. This is, I mean, gosh, within, within a couple months of a single summer, um, 
within the first year after I had had my second child. So it was a pretty concentrated period of time of just all these crazy dreams. Wow, very cool. Uh, and then my second question to start this off is, what season do you feel like you were in emotionally at that time? Uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting because I didn't realize it at the time, um, but now I know that I was going through postpartum depression. I had a two-year-old and a newborn, and so by the time the dreams happened, I think I guess I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and it, it's funny how it's hard to admit to yourself what you're going through. But then when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that was, that was a really hard time. And it was, there was definitely some postpartum depression at play, but I didn't see it in the moment. So would you say that's like a, a winter for you? Yes. Yeah. Definitely a sort of dark night of the soul for yeah. sure. Yeah, I thought I remembered in the original post uh, that it was during the summer. So that's really interesting that it's kind of uh, mm. it's kind the of juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, it's interesting because don't they say in with learning to recall your dreams, if you wake up often, your dream recall gets better. Mm-hmm. And I had heard it's called the wake back to bed technique. And my kids were waking me up all the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought it was torture. I didn't realize it was the wake back to bed technique. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Got ample practice with that technique. So yeah, I, rem <laughs> I remembered a lot of my dreams thanks to those children. Yeah, I can relate to that. When um, <laughs> when my son was first born, he was very colicky, and mm. he like literally we couldn't put him down for more than fifteen minutes before he'd wake up and start crying. Oh, that's so brutal. Yeah, it was pretty rough, and I mean this this lasted that intensely for probably like the first five months. Oh my and, gosh! And then I don't think he slept through the night until he was like. I don't know, 10 or 11 months. Oh, yep. Same right there yeah. with you. You have my <laughs> sympathies. <laughs> so me and my fiance, we would take shifts on the couch where mm. we would hold them while we slept in our reclining sofa, which was, it felt so dangerous because I, I don't know, everything we read was like, don't sleep with your baby in your arms. You might roll over and, you know. <laughs> Suffocate oh in the pit of your arm, and I'm like, "Good Lord, what am I supposed to do?" I know, I'm right there with you. Yes. Yeah. So we got through it, and I, I remember a few people at that time being like, "You will, you will miss the stage, even though you, <laughs> you think you're you're just so through with it and so done with it." And I'm like, "There's no way in hell I'll ever miss this stage." And now, oh, like, like thinking back on it, I'm like, "I'd, I'd do it again." <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy how that is. I think I remember you saying that you were also kind of, uh, did you have writer's block during that time as well? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. How could I forget? Um, 
Yeah, so it was a to add to the you know, I'm struggling to find the word because I don't want to say discouragement because obviously, you know, I was enjoying the time of my life to the best of my capacity, but Mm -hmm. um, in addition to trying to adjust to two children in two years and feeling like I was failing miserably at that. Um, I'm also a, a writer and I was struggling to complete my first novel and write my second. And I mean, just nothing was happening on my timetable, you know, I'm obviously mm. because you get woken up. So you might have a plan to get some things done, but then you're just too exhausted. And so then that feeling of just, maybe I'm kidding myself. Maybe, maybe I'm not a writer in the way that I, I dream of being, because clearly I just can't seem to keep up with anything right now. Mm, um, yeah. So all of that was really weighing so heavily. Yeah, I, I, I kind of fight with the same thing because I'm trying to, like, I, I had about a six year chunk from, I don't know, 2012 to 2017 where I didn't write any music. Mm. And I've been writing music since I was like 13, so it's like 20 yeah. years now. <laughs> and I just like, I don't even know what it was. I just, I didn't know what to write about. It was like I had moved into a place in my life where I, I just didn't even know what it was that wanted to be said. And mm. it wasn't until after we had my son that, and I went through this very intense experience, probably right around the same time. Because what, what year was this for you? 2017. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. And actually, 2017 is when I had this, like, massive death experience in my life. Like, very oh, wow. initiatory, like, experience. And I lost everything. Almost mm. lost uh, my son and my fiance in the process. And oh, wow. came back out of that. And it was almost like... God, there's so much more I would have to say to explain all this, but essentially going that far and dying that hard, um, Mm. something awoke inside of me and like my dreams started offering me inspiration for songs and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, so I started writing this this new music and it's just like changed everything. But like you said, like I got a young child and had no idea... (laughs) when I was gonna be called into dad mode and I would try to write music during his naps and as soon Mm. as you get into the creative zone it was like oh great (laughs) he's up again shoot yes try not to be bitter about it but (laughs) no I I was too afraid to sleep because between one, like I had them on both, you know, either the baby was waking me up or the two-year-old was waking mm. me up. And so I just like, I was afraid to try to sleep. So I ended up editing <laughs> at like two in the morning. I'd just be like, fine, fine. I'm not sleeping. I'm not sleeping. Oh, uh, but yeah, those dry spells, they, they hit hard and they really, they really shake you as a creative person. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you like really feel called to a creative life. It's just like... Yeah. You feel like you've completely lost your whole identity of like who you are, like Mm-mm. who you feel like you're supposed to be, or 
And yeah, it's it, it definitely fueled true. such an internal like that tension that was building after a year and year of not doing it. And just like something that had to give way and this just unreal experience through my dreams just took over and Wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. We'll have That's to talk awesome. about it sometime, but it's actually interesting yeah. because part of a few of my epiphanies kind of had to do with what's happening in your dreams around really? that same kind of thing. Huh. Uh, yeah, so I guess this is a good enough place to enter the Amazon woman. Uh, <laughs> so you started having all of these dreams around that time period of these various sort of um, strong kind of powerful women figures show up in your dreams you want to we'll start with the definition of amazon woman just yeah, that for sounds good. anybody who's listening who's like uh what <laughs> uh, so essentially my understanding of it is that the amazon woman when it appears especially for women i i have amazon women dreams as well and that it would mean maybe something different for a man, but uh, as far as I can tell from what I've read on uh, other women writing about the Amazon figure in dreams is that she kind of embodies like a woman's, it's very masculine energy. It's like warrior energy for a woman. So it's like, mm. it shows up as like, her ability to be independent and to hack it with the guys and to, you know, navigate largely masculine arenas and to do it with just like this, like incredible air of confidence and just uh, kind of like strength of will. I, I don't know, really know how to explain it, but also there's like yeah. a, a notion of uh, especially archetypally, uh, the, the warrior woman would, uh, the way that energy would move through a woman would allow her to kind of face her fears, her shadow, uh, you know, contend with any worth issues she may be battling, just uh, being able to go into your depths and to face it and not be controlled by it or dominated by it and to really stand there and, and own that space and uh wow yeah so it's like you're in the the heat of postpartum depression and struggling with writer's block and there's all these amazing obstacles in your path and all of a sudden this eruption of the amazon just uh shows up and i think that's uh just like so wild and it's so cool uh, do you want, before we get into any of the dreams, do you want to just say a few words on maybe what what that experience has meant for you or like how you have, how you felt like waking up after experiencing those dreams, those kind of feelings and reflections? Yeah. Um, and there were several, as you know, because I mm -hmm. emailed them to you and some stood out um, more than others. But like I kind of knew when I woke up why that was showing up because, and it's really interesting what you said about the Amazon woman helping you confront your sort of your shadow side and your darker side and any worth issues because worth was huge for me. Um, 
I really, really battled my self-worth during that time. Um, and so that's just really fascinating to me that that is what that's tied to because um, that's just so relevant to what I was going through. But I do, as far as in the moment, like those days or naps often was when I would have these dreams. When I would wake up, I knew immediately like, okay, these women are showing up because even outside of the struggle I was going through, I've always um, struggled to be an assertive person. I've been more of the people-pleasing type person. And so I knew that these characters, whether they were um, people I knew in real life or just fictional dream characters, I knew they were there showing me something that I wanted that I didn't know how to get to if that mm. makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so I, I think, uh, oddly enough, I, we'll, we'll come back to the Amazon, but I think I, I want to start uh, this conversation into these archetypes with the dream about the death of the Queen of England. Ah, okay. So it, it'll all make sense here in a minute what I'm doing. But, uh, <laughs> I know. I, I sent you like 97 dreams. So we'll see like what Lewis Carroll story time we go through. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So um, possibly the first dream that prompted me to begin a dream journal was just this flash of a dream with really no images nothing, just this knowing the Queen of England is dead, but I heard the name of my great-grandmother. The Queen of England is dead, and she's my great-grandmother. Wow. That was it. That's pretty cool. Or, <laughs> I guess it's weird to say. At, it's the, ta- cool, at but... the time, I was like, oh my gosh, is this prophetic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is your great-grandmother still alive? No, no. Oh. Yeah, I guess that's a detail I should let you know. No, she died when um, in the year 2000. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, wow. So you didn't know her then? Um, yes. All my grandparents were like 70 when I was born, so I didn't know any of my great-grandparents. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, well, that's interesting then. Um, it kind of would make even more sense for what I'm about to say than if you actually hmm. did know her. Uh, so before I go a little deeper into that, uh, in relation to your PPD, when did this dream happen? Was it just kind of in the thick of it all or was that before? Or You know, I, I would say, all of these dreams happened in the thick of it. Um, Because even though I didn't start keeping the dream journal until my second child was about a year old, um, I would say, I would say I probably had postpartum depression from the time she was born in 2016. And I kind of feel like I didn't come out of it until 2018. Okay. So all of these dreams were pretty in the thick of it. All right, cool. Um, so, do you remember the PDF that I had told you about with the five archetypes of yes, the sacred I do. feminine? Mm-hmm. The queen is one of them. 
Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. What? Yes. So what? I, that's, yeah, I know. Okay, that's so I'm going to try not to get too shrieky <laughs> for the sake of your listeners. No, please. Um, wow. Yeah. When I, when I like fully like realized that I was like, well, we need to maybe start with this one because, um, <laughs> now I guess here's my follow-up question. Uh, did this dream happen before the Amazon women started showing up? Yes. Yeah. Oh, this, man, that's even this was juicier. probably the, in, yeah, this might've been the incipient dream because like I said, at the time I was like, oh my gosh, what if this is prophetic? What if the queen, mm. like I thought it was like literally the queen of England. So I was like, I need to write this down. I'm going to get a dream <laughs> journal. Um, wow, and so awesome. that was actually the first entry. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So uh, I guess like I've talked with you before, death oftentimes, especially when it comes to archetypal characters and animals and stuff like that. Um typically at least in my experience has been like a moment of you know this this energy and um the symbolic power that this archetype or this animal holds for you is is dying and it's going through mm. the process of renewal and rebirthing and uh so the fact that this all starts with the death of the queen is just like so Whoa. mythically powerful and great. Oh, that's. I'm going to need to pull up that file and read it again. <laughs> um, so real quick, as we dive into this, I guess, for those listening, uh, the queen uh, in regards to the same source that I, we were, we're talking about, this PDF by this woman named Sheila Foster. If you type into Google the sacred feminine archetypes by Sheila Foster, you'll you'll have this PDF that appears. And it's just it's like 33 pages long and it's just chock full of just the most amazing detail on the five archetypes that she says comprise like the bulk of the female psyche. And so those are the Queen, the Amazon. The medial woman, which is like woman as mystic or priestess, it's basically like the spiritual reservoir of a woman. Uh, and then the lover and the mother. So there's those five great archetypes. And so the queen is like, I mean, I can't, I can't necessarily speak to what the queen is, obviously, as a man. But uh, for me, I've been going through the same procession of archetypes but with like the masculine slant so there's like the king the warrior the wizard uh the father and the lover and the way that the king has shown up in my dreams which didn't actually happen until like i had a very powerful lucid dream where i was able to stand kind of like call in my inner victim into the dream. And we had this like very powerful kind of reconciliation moment. And mm. after I had that dream, like a couple of weeks later, I had my very first dream. I think I'd been doing dream work for like 11 years at that point where a king had appeared. And I had no idea about any of these archetypes. And I, 
I was like, well, I think I pretty much have a good idea of what the king means. Like, it's he's a pretty big deal. And I'm like, <laughs> why don't you just, like, do a quick Google search? Just, uh, you know, you've never seen one. You know, let's just, like, see what's out there on them. And was just blown away when I found all the information on those archetypes because I've had warrior dreams. I've had dreams with lover energy. I've had dreams with the father and with like wizards. And I'm like, Oh my God, all these archetypes have been <laughs> in my dreams all along. And wow. So yeah, the King essentially is like this, uh, central organizing influence, um, in a man's psyche. And it's kind of like the archetype that embodies like his inner law and his inner sovereign sovereignty and his ability to be autonomous and to, you know, show up in the world, you know, courageously and I hate to say proudly, but just like with that air of confidence that isn't arrogant, but also isn't sheepish. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, Huh. It's it like the the dreams that I've had of meeting the king are like super wild. Maybe I'll tell you one of them when, when we find a nice spot to do that. I don't want to spend too much time talking about myself here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I imagine that the queen the queen kind of holds the same space for a woman, but in that feminine kind of slant. So. She would be like a woman's inner sovereignty or like the the law of, of her soul. And, uh, you know, she, she would kind of like be the, the supreme archetype that, you know, <laughs> delegates uh, what the woman needs to do and uh, kind of, uh, hmm. you know, holds this space for uh, her ability to kind of... I don't know. I don't. I'm losing my words here, but I mean, you get the picture, though. Um, yeah. So for her to die right out the bat, <laughs> and, and to be linked to your great grandmother is just right. is is a very interesting mashup. Um, so, like, with this epiphany that's happening for you right now, like, do you have any initial feelings about what this means for you before I say anything more? Yeah, I mean, it sounds almost like a, um, okay, this this code that you have lived by that's brought stability in the past is gone, if I'm gathering correctly. Um, And yeah, almost just like everything that was stable, the way things were before, before, almost like an inner, an inner coup d'etat if that makes sense like an overthrow of the Mm. rule but on a psychic level um so that's crazy yeah and i almost feel like uh having the queen be connected to your great-grandmother especially since you knew her and so you would kind of know what she stood for and you know, kind of, uh, she, yeah, she was very quiet. And so I can't, I can only speak to what I was kind of told about her character. Um, but I know she had a reputation for really just being quiet. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 
So since you have said that you're not a very assertive person, do you see that also, the death of that being? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I love it. (laughs) Me too. Well, yeah, yeah, because having such like a strong matriarchal like character aligned with the queen and having her die, I feel like almost like all of your maybe now she wouldn't happen to be the mother of like is it on your mother's side is it on your maternal side my father's side okay all right i guess i can't make that correlation but sorry no (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean to me like to have a great grandmother not even just like a grandmother which in itself would like be a pretty powerful uh, matriarch mm. uh, to have that die feels like you know these long-standing roles of of women in your family kind of coming to an end and allowing mm. you to kind of discover who you are as your own woman that makes sense that yeah resonate? and it's it does and it it just blows me away. Cause like, I mean, I didn't even plan to tell you about that dream and I definitely didn't think you were going to use it. It was more <laughs> like, Oh, you know, you wanted to know if there were other, and I'm like, Oh yeah. PS. I had a dream about the queen of England dying. <laughs> Did not at all. Like never at all. When I would go through my dream journal, like I was just like, well, don't know what that means. It didn't. Yeah. So gosh, that just blows me away. Yeah, and the other cool thing about the the king and the queen is kind of, you know, once once all these archetypes kind of come into balance with each other, if if you know, psychic development is never like a static state, so it's hard to like say this with any kind of mm-hmm. real certainty. But I guess the idea would be that when, um, I don't know, the way that Sheila talks about it is that you'd have the the four archetypes underneath the queen and when those four kind of come into balance with each other or into appropriate relationship with each other maybe that's maybe balance is a wrong word maybe maybe right relationship or like cooperation yeah where where the roles are understood and you know how to navigate all of those different intertwined relationships because every every one of those archetypes has a very interesting relationship with the others um, yeah. And so then the queen, once those four are kind of in right relationship, the idea is that the queen then is able to step into the middle and she's able to really kind of come into her power. And there's like this cohesion that happens. Um, mm. And so at that point, when that would happen, you would be like considered like a truly initiated human being where the queen, the queen energy and all of the other archetypes, all of their energy is online. It's being fully expressed and you're just like this. <laughs> uh, you're, you're pretty much, uh, you know, living the truth of who you are at that point. Um, wow. So yeah, really kind of cool stuff. So the death of the queen in my eyes would be the initial experience of, uh, this whole process unfolding within you. And so 
I don't know if you plan on having any more kids, but if you don't, I was going to say, you know, this could be this could be happening now because now you are ready to step more fully into who you are to be in this family, in this world. Um, mm. There could be all kinds of implications as far as that's concerned. Wow. Yeah. And so with like every archetypal death, there's this period of discomfort that leads to the rebirth. And so you have like this period of like, just like intense discomfort, maybe intense is a strong word, but, um, I would say it applies in my case anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. we'll, We'll use it. Um, I, I would too. I guess I was trying to pad the blow here, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So there, there is this period of, of discomfort before that rebirth happens, and and it's kind of like facing the discomfort and all the things that it brings up is what allows you to tap into that archetypal energy and to give it rebirth, where you're kind of forced to kind of find your way in the dark without its power because now it's dead. Um, and so by, and that's, that's why the Amazon coming in is so great because you need the Amazon to do that work and to go into those spaces, um, to be able to uncover all that gold that's hidden in the shadow and in our pain and in our wounding. And, uh, yeah, and through that process is you, you end up rebirthing it by birthing it. You, you, you kind of cultivate it within yourself. It's really, it's kind of a very beautiful process. It's, it's really interesting to hear you say everything that you just said. Um, and it's interesting that we're doing this interview now, as opposed to, you know, in 2017, because, gosh, I'm struggling for words, but like the idea of being assertive or stepping into more of those qualities that you described for the Amazon woman just felt so out of reach and just completely out of the question um, at the time. And it's really not until very recently that I feel like I've, A, emerged from postpartum depression, but B, developed more of those Amazon woman type qualities. And so, um, is it, is there normally a lag like that? Is, is it a thing that you'll dream about this stuff way in advance of it materializing? Yeah, I would I would absolutely say so. And because I mean, we've, we have briefly discussed this already, but, um, to maybe dive into a little deeper, there is like, uh, I don't know, psychic, psychic development and birthing definitely is a, is a long, a long thought process of, uh, this kind of unfolding that has to happen. And it's almost like the the psyche knows that if it rushes too fast or if things are forced, then, you know, things can break. <laughs> I don't know how else, how else to put that, but, you know, us little puny humans are so overwhelmed so easy that I feel like psychic development is kind of a turtle's race where 
uh, like with you here, you have this amazing eruption of this archetype within a small window of time. And so it's like bombarding you so intensely that you have to take notice to it. And there's no way that you can look, look away from it because you're like, Oh my God, this is intense. Like all these women keep showing up and, uh, you know, it just seems like something is trying to be spoken here. And so when that eruption happens, uh, yeah, there is like this, um, this process that has to unfold and kind of like we had talked about before, it is kind of like a, a conception moment where um, it's like the un the unconscious and the conscious meet. Like the unconscious mm -hmm. has been so adamant about you seeing this thing that's happening and you're like, wow, yeah, I totally see it. I recognize what's happening here. I don't really understand it or know how to go about it, but I know that this thing is happening and so then, you know, like any pregnancy would have, like you would have these, these stretching of who you are kind of literally and figuratively and uh, just all of the, the ups and downs that come with a pregnancy and uh, just everything you have to face internally and everything that is changing within you etern internally and you know, there's so many, there's so much that has to happen for this energy to fully take root in your life. So the Amazon for it to fully come into fruition, like you have to, you know, life has to happen to you. It has to, um, you know, you have to kind of, uh, I don't know, the way that it's happened for me is I've had to like really, you know, stand in, in uncomfortable situations that I would have never, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I would have yeah. never done before. And like, I remember when the warrior energy was really coming online for me, I was doing a ton of shadow work, but also like outside of like the internal work I was doing at my job, like my boss was pressing me hard and he was, you know, really getting under my skin with certain things. And I was having to figure out how to navigate that and how to do it in a healthy way. And and how to like stand up for myself and not just like roll over and just, you know, let them keep beating me while I'm down. And so there was like so many different, different uh, scenarios and situations that had to happen for me to like really, uh, you know, face what that energy wanted to be in me. And, uh, you know, if that energy is to finally and fully come forward you know, it has to be able to come forward in situations that <laughs> we have yeah. needed it all along that we have maybe like sat back on for a long time. And yeah, and I guess to to dovetail with the pregnancy metaphor that you were using is like, you know, from the beginning of the pregnancy to the birth of a baby, even though the birth would be the result, it doesn't make anything that was prior to that less real. Right. So it's, so that makes sense. Cause it's like, you know, the, the dreams were showing me, Hey, this is happening. Um, even though it wasn't really, you know, quote unquote birthed in me for a few more years. So it's, it's interesting to know that because I, f 
hopefully next if there's a next time that these types of things happen for me because I just remember feeling kind of despondent at times of like okay well that's great that my dreams are showing me all these powerful women because I really <laughs> don't feel like that at all so thanks for pouring salt in the wound yeah no, um, I know how that is but now um learning from you I think if that were to happen again I could I it would give that element of trust of like hey I know you don't feel it I know you don't see it but it is real and it is happening and materializing and just trust I feel like maybe at least in part that this is also kind of what the Elliot Morganton dream kind of offers. Mm, Yeah. Do you mind sharing that dream real quick? Yes. Okay. Um, Let's see. I'm walking with an old man who looks like my husband's grandfather. He's in his 80s looking in a museum of things from the era of his father, World War I. His father died 60 years ago. His mother was a drunk. He's sobbing because even though his father wasn't around much, the pain of his death and absence still hurts. I'm weeping too, feeling his gaping woundedness in my chest. Next, I see him hanging by his neck in a cell. His real name is Elliot Morganton. A government official tells me he was arrested for war crimes. Don't worry, he says to me. The bullet we put in him did all but put him out of his misery. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. intense. That was really intense. Like I I almost woke up sobbing from that one. It was very jarring. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like we, it's just uh, very interesting that we have like a, another death dream of like a grandparent and it even makes mention to a great grandparent. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I talked over you. No, you're fine. Yeah. And and like there's mention of the great grandfather there too. So it's like. True. Good point. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so it almost yeah, seems like figureheads. Like, like okay. figureheads being abolished. Yeah. Hmm. And then there's the the notion of the hangman, which Jason had pointed out in uh all of our original discourse about this dream on Reddit. And right. so yeah, it's like very interesting because you know, the hangman and the Tarot is like a time of suspension where you're you're kind of, I mean, the, the card of the hangman, he's hanging by his foot upside down and mm. he's got kind of this uh, coy smile on his face. Like he knows that it's purposeful and the fact that he's being suspended here. And so there's yeah. like a lot of themes of like letting go of our plans of, you know, how we want to move forward and having to kind of surrender to whatever greater force is in our life that has other plans for us. Hmm. And so 
I don't know if you're starting to feel the chills I'm feeling, but uh, <laughs> that kind of feels like the depression period for you. Like, uh, I don't know, I'm putting words in your mouth right now. Maybe you could say it in your own words. No, keep going. I'm curious of what you'd have to say. Um, yeah, I'm still kind of like sinking in. Yeah, it seems like uh, the depression period is kind of like this uh, – it, it's its function has been the same for me in my life when I've gone through a couple of depressions is like, it's like this, uh, it's almost like sinking back into the womb where you're kind of, I don't know, the womb feels like a, an inviting place to be, but I don't know. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, un, being undone and mm-hmm. having no strength to move forward and, having no idea when it will ever alleviate and you're kind of stuck in this limbo period of not being able to move forward. And I just feel like the hangman is like such a powerful representation of, of, uh, yeah, you know, that kind of time period, especially, uh, I don't know. It's often associated with like breaking old patterns. And so we have like the death of these old, you know, patriarchs and matriarchs. And so like there are these old ideas about masculinity and femininity that may be up for question and up for renewal and uh, rediscovering what they mean for you. And yeah, all of that is incredibly accurate for, for where I was and, and sort of for the journey that was ahead of me that I couldn't see. And, uh, hearing what you're saying about the hangman um, being suspended in the in-between is that almost like sort of like that in-breath, that inhale, like before the change takes place. Am I understanding correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And so it's interesting that he was hanging, but then the words that were said were, the bullet we put in him did everything but put him out of his misery. So it's almost like if, if this is going with the death to so many aspects of my old self, it's like, like almost, almost there, but just not enough, you know? Oh man, I didn't Uh, even catch that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I mean it's just so much. It's it's so much to take in. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, we're just getting started. We are. <laughs> I am not on a time limit. Um and I had never, you know, not until this conversation cuz like I think this was one of the dreams that made me go to Reddit because I was like, what the hell mm-hmm. was that? Um, but not even until now did I realize, oh my gosh, you're so right. This there Now it's been the death of like four figureheads, the, or maybe not four, but my, you know, great grandmother, this person and his father. And I didn't even recognize that pattern. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's like, really cool stuff it's like so mythic and like 
I think I've already said the word juicy enough today, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Wow. Yeah. So I guess uh, moving forward into the Amazon, finally, wow, that was a long detour back to there. Uh, yeah. So what, what, one of my epiphanies last night, I was telling you, I had a few, um, <laughs> looking at the Amazon dreams. Cause at first, uh, I think the way that I was looking at the Amazon dreams was, you know, they, they surfaced for you during postpartum depression as a way for you to regain, uh, your ability to navigate that and to come out of it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm more than positive that it does have that aspect to it. But when I was looking for threads of that kind of notion in the dreams themselves, uh, I didn't really see it as strongly as I would have hoped for. Mm-hmm. But what I did find is that there is like, there's this amazing thread of creativity and you know, being asked to kind of step into the ownership of your gifts and interesting. Uh, so yeah, to really like, at least in my opinion, looking at these from the outside in, uh, it just seems like, uh, you know, the Amazon dreams, what they're really asking of you is, uh, you know, to, to kind of, step more fully into who you are as like a, a writer, a creative. And wow. um, so, yeah, so you have the image of the snake. You have like a, one of the Amazon women is, you know, public speaking. There's another one who's like, she's just seen as like successful. And like, there's this air of confidence and success surrounding her. And then we have the great dreams about the books. And then there's the one of you telling your mother-in-law about, a metaphor of for inspiration. And so there's all these like really great themes in these dreams of like creativity, inspiration, uh, like showing up and being successful and like stepping into like this, this confidence and this uh, experience of being bold and, you know, daring and doing what you love and, you know, getting up there and going for it. Yeah. Wow. I had never, that never occurred to me. So I think I want to start with, this is going to be a very strange way (laughs) without any of the listeners having any preface to this dream, but uh, the penis breast dream. That's one way to uh, introduce (laughs) it. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Um, Let's see. Okay. So I'm at a gathering where this friend of mine is speaking. She's doing great. She's confident, assertive. People are listening to her. But the aqua sweater she's wearing is incredibly low cut, and every movement gives glimpses of her chest, and she's wearing no bra. I'm shocked but she doesn't seem to notice or care. And instead of breasts, she has penises. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> the end. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess I wanted to start with this so we could get like a really interesting uh, image of the Amazon woman, because like I kind of 
pointed at earlier, like uh, the Amazon energy is like, is very close to like a masculine experience in a woman. Right. And so it just, it, when I, when you first told me this dream a few years ago, it, it just like seems so comical to me that like <laughs> the breasts of a woman, which is like uh, just the most, you know, powerful image of like nurturance and they're replaced with penises. And so yeah. the, the way that the Amazon energy nurtures a woman's psyche is, you know, through this masculine. Oh my uh, gosh. Wow. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. But no. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, something like really pinged when you were, when you were telling the dream where you said that people were really listening to her. Mm. Um, yeah. does, I mean, being a, being a writer, I know it, it pings me because as a musician, I'm, you know, I, I want people to listen to my music. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I feel like I have such an uphill battle to get people to do that. And so when you said that, I was trying to imagine myself in your position seeing that. And for me, that felt powerful where it was like, you know, that's that's what I want. I want people to be hanging on my every word. I want them to, you know, I want them to see me. I want them to see the beauty that I, I create and to, you know, Wow. No, so that, that, that definitely, resonates. that definitely pings. And I think that's why, like when I was recalling the dream, that word hit so hard. Cause, cause that is something that I've been working through as well of like, you know, as I've said, I've historically been fairly quiet. I don't steal the spotlight. Um, and yet I'm creating in a profession where you know you need people to listen right. um so no that that definitely pings for me in the same way yeah yeah i thought it might it, it's it's so amazing that she's so confident she doesn't even care that her penis breasts are hanging out and <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah it's like completely like so self-possessed um and so confident in who she is that that didn't even phase her right where we're like horrified for her but she's like right i know who i am i, I don't yeah you know my worth isn't isn't swayed or, or placed in the hands of anyone but myself and i think that's like such a great oh amazon trait where yeah because that that's like my biggest struggle is like not not giving so much power to other people over how i feel about my own art right yeah yeah i hadn't even considered it that way but you're so right on that yeah i wish i wasn't (laughs) (laughs) oh that's like my biggest struggle is like being able to love myself like more than you know, how I feel other people might. Yes. Yeah. I think that, and that's sort of that part and parcel, that double-edged sword of being a creative person, because in, in a way creating is, it's not a people pleasing act, but it kind of is. Cause it's like, but, 
but I'm making it for you. So how am I supposed to develop that confidence when I know that your enjoyment of what I create is, is a big part of the point. Right. Yeah. It really is like such a, a dilemma for the creative person. I feel Yeah. where it's like, how do you, how do you not only strike the balance, but how do you like, basically what you said earlier of like, this is who I am and I have something to give, take it or leave it. I'm giving it anyway. Right. Yeah, because I I, 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 ba- I bounce between, like, caring way too much what other people think and, like, hanging on their reaction. And when it comes back less than I hope for, it, like, is a little, like, unnerving. Yeah. But then I, I go to the opposite of that and being like, I'm just doing this because I love it and I don't care what anyone thinks. But, you know, both <laughs> of those don't feel right. There's, like... Because I do care. In some regards, that is the healthier stance to be like, well, I'm just doing it because I love it, which is fine and all. But I don't know. I feel like such a call like that my art is supposed to be healing for other people or it's supposed to it's supposed to add color and, and, you know, beauty to people's lives that, you know, obviously I want people to be touched by it. I want them to experience it in the way that I felt like it came through me to be experienced and so yeah it's like right god it's such a war it really is it really is Then I think I was going to move us into the dream of the successful friend and also the dream of your voice to, your voice coach. Okay. And I can't remember how much detail I gave you about this first one, but okay. So this, this friend of mine ordered a life-size cardboard cutout of herself. <laughs> she looks exactly <laughs> like it standing nearby dressed, professionally hairstyled. She looks beautiful, confident, and happy with her situation and herself. Um, Her husband and those around her celebrate her. I watch and wish I could experience that. And then do you want me to read the uh, voice teacher one? Yeah, sure. Okay. Do you want me to include the innuendo joke she made or not? Uh, Yeah, go for it. Uh, you can, I'll pause before that way you can edit it out easily. If okay. you it was just so on brand. Like I haven't seen this lady since I was 17 and yet somehow her sense of humor was like, like my own brain could not come up with what she said in my dream. Um, <laughs> so my voice teacher is driving her brand new SUV. It's got a light tan and light aqua leather interior. I'm in the very back, third row, while she sings silly songs at the top of her lungs. A polka-like song plays in the background. She sees me. Oh, hello. I'm going to a great pork restaurant. I'll take you there. You look like no one has put any pork in your mouth in a long time. (laughs) She laughs at her innuendo, and I do too. And that was it. (laughs) 
And I forgot uh, to pause before and after the joke. Oh, that's fine. She always said stuff like that. Shit's so crazy. That's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't mean uh, this podcast is like going toward the gutter. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's fine. We're not, I don't think we're particularly aiming it for a PG audience. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think I ever told you those details. I was just like, yeah, she made a she made a dirty joke. Yeah, in my mind, I, I imagine that she said something about being in the back or like taken in the back. Or oh, <laughs> okay. So I mean, yeah. Interesting. All right. So uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, where you, you want to go from there. Yeah. <laughs> Get us uh, back on the main road. That's funny. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I don't think you actually said anything about the cardboard cutout. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It, it's interesting. I guess I thought it was just weird. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, I mm, maybe it's an extraneous detail, but I guess I should know better that dreams don't really have extraneous details, <laughs> do they? Well, sometimes maybe, but oftentimes, oftentimes not, I guess. Uh, yeah, so, you know, going in tow with the other dream of your friend up on stage giving the speech, here you have, like, another, like, great kind of, uh, it's almost like the dreams are, are offering you, like, the feel and the energy of these women and what it feels like to to or like what the experience of that energy feels like in your body and so even yeah. though it's not you in the dream uh showcasing this kind of archetypal energy but you're there present with it and you're in the dream it's you know the the, the space between people is, is less so you you can feel like how that feels in them sometimes you can you can perceive on a greater depth like what the experiences that they're having in their bodies. So you're having it also in yours, essentially. Um, and so I feel like that the eruption of, of this kind of psychic material is that it's like the dream wants to put you in these like deeply embodied experiences where you feel what that feels like and you get a crystal clear image and feeling of what that energy is. Yeah, and like I the first like, bit of ownership. Yes. And so to like to embody something, you you have to have like a, an example of what that even looks like. I feel like so. Hmm. Um, this is this is very cool, and uh, there's that same the same echo in this dream also with you telling it the way you just told it of, you know, everyone is is just kind of lavishing praise of her. And you say you you wish you could feel that or feel like that or kind of be exactly in her position as well. Yeah. So it's kind of like the same notion of like people really listening to the other woman, um, in my opinion. I don't know. True. You, yeah. Yeah. And, and with what you pointed out earlier about it relating to my creativity, which is not something that I noticed before, just the fact that the second or the, the dream, the other dream is my voice teacher, you know, someone who was a creative yes. influence in my life. 
I didn't even make that connection. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So the the thing that I was going to ask about the dream and the SUV with your voice teacher, Mm -hmm. um, sitting all the way in the back, does this go along with the idea of not being assertive, of kind of sitting back, hanging back, not being up front, not being up there singing polka? Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Being (laughs) literally being driven around like. Yeah. I'm being taken to from one location to another. Like I don't have the agency and even, you know, according to the dialogue in the dream, she didn't even know I was there. <laughs> wow. wow. You know, like she sees me and she's surprised and she's like, "Oh, I'm going here and I'll take you with me." <laughs> you know? Wow. So um Yeah. So it's almost like experiencing both at once, both experiencing her power and assertiveness and also experiencing my lack of those things by being driven around by her. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The Amazon woman will drive you around too. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, uh, especially when the Amazon kind of connects with the queen, that's where you get like the, the taskmaster, um, Mm. queen queen energy that comes through interesting yeah there's really interesting ways that you can you look at the combination of archetypes and yeah like you can uh something that i started doing when i really dove into archetypes was was noticing when they combine in a in a in a singular character Mm. and so i'm trying to think of what a good example that is uh, one dream I had, I entered a dojo of this like um, amazing, like legendary kind of karate master. And I don't know him personally, but we walk into this dojo and he's not there. And it just, it feels like something died in that room. Hmm. And I, I kept having this like weird, like chill on my back like at any moment like his ghost could like appear in the room oh wow and like chase us out of there like it felt like we weren't welcome there and it felt like something died there and it was un, un it was undetermined in the dream what had died it just it had that presence and that feel of like why are we in here this is not right we should not be in here yeah. and just feeling like at any moment like this like karate master could like somehow materialize himself and like forces out so when i like woke up from that dream i was looking at this karate master and i'm like well he kind of holds both uh wizard energy and warrior energy because he's you know obviously he's a skilled fighter so you would have kind of that warrior that warrior energy incorporated into him and he's also like he 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 held that uh, very spiritual, that yeah. very spiritually oriented capacity that like a karate teacher would have, like a wise, like sagely um, karate teacher. And so you have like this amazing ma- mashup of these two um, archetypes. Archive. And so the thing that I ended up realizing died because I, I think I'm just now remembering this part of it. It felt like a... 
or maybe this was just my reflection that I'm remembering was that it was like his passion that died. Like he wasn't there anymore. And so at some point, like he, he lost all of his passion. And since he didn't have the fire for it, like the warrior and the, the wizard had nothing. Like Hmm. if you're not, if you don't have that, the lover energy. So that would be like the lover energy was dead in that room. And so like the lover energy would like awaken within the warrior and within the, the wizard as like, like within the wizard would be like the passion for what he would be teaching, like the, the spiritual truths that would come through him and just like his love for life and for spirituality and that kind of thing. And then the warrior would be the way the lover energy, in, in my opinion, works through the warrior is like it, it's what you it's what you have to fight for. It's like what you mm-hmm. love so deeply that you're willing to fight and die for. And wow. Wow. So yeah. It was like a such a powerful dream. I can't remember when I had that. I wish I would have. I didn't know I was going to be saying this one. Otherwise, I would have tried to look it up. But it was right around the time when... I kind of came out of that death experience and my music was coming back online and I realized that I had developed pretty healthy warrior energy and kind of wizardy energy at that point, but still the lover energy wasn't back online. And uh, Hmm. so it was like showing how that dynamic was working in me where it was like, there was this ghost in the room and there was like this, this, death that had happened that just chills me to my bone that somehow the passion has completely died and I got to find a way to, to resurrect it. Wow. That's, that's really intense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And yeah, that, that's really interesting how the archetypes can sort of form an amalgamation and combine um, and color each other for different flavors. That is really fascinating. Yeah, that's when you like really get into like such cool developments as far as like how those energies are like combining and relating to each other. And it's God, you, you end up piecing apart some of those dreams like that one, and you're just like, oh my God, this is wow. amazing. That's insane. That's so cool. There was also a dream where I was explaining uh, inspiration to my mother-in-law and sort of what my creative process is like. And um, my mother-in-law is an incredible woman who just handles things. She's amazing. And so I remember in the dream, I'm trying to explain like what this process is like for me and I'm explaining inspiration to her using the metaphor of yarn in a loom. I grab various strings here and there, and I weave them into a coherent whole. And she's understanding, and she cares about what I have to say. And there's just this feeling of, of being understood by someone who's so different than me, who I admire. Wow, oh, that's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, I just, I love that metaphor. It's just really, really cool. Thank you. Do you think you needed to hear that at that time? In the dream? Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. at, that, at that point in your life? Yeah, I really do. Because, you know, in my waking life, 
feeling so disempowered and weak and like I'm failing miserably, I would project those feelings onto people around me, especially if I saw them as having these qualities that I felt like I lacked. So in my waking life, you know, there'd be these thoughts of like, oh my gosh, my mother-in-law must think I'm so incapable. Like I'm, if, if she was me, she would have just handled this. And, you know, (laughs) I'm also just like this, this weird writer that like tapes notes to walls and I, I probably just look so weird. And so having this dream where I'm like pouring my heart out to her and she's like, yeah, oh, I, I understand you and I validate you was really like a balm. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Thanks. So since I didn't point it out in the interview, I just wanted to make it clear that here we have an amazing image of the Amazon woman mashed up with the mother archetype. And so you see this amazing convergence of these two energies in this dream of the mother who just knows how to get stuff done. You know, it's amazing. And the other amazing thing about this dream is that you have the power of the Amazon woman there to stand before her and to affirm who she is, to see her in full and to have the mother energy right there with it to nurture her and to assure her that she is loved and that she is being held here. Yeah, I I don't have any examples off the top of my head, but I've had pretty uh, affirming dreams like that where it's just like uh, your psyche's way of being like, you know, you're you're good, man. You got it going on. Like, you you just got to give yourself more credit, like... Hmm. I never thought of it that way, but yeah. And it's, it is really kind of sweet that it's like this motherly figure um, being seen in that capacity, like you just expressed, uh, by a mother. You know, it just feels yeah. so wholesome. It just feels like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so those were like the, the creativity threads, and I... I I wanted to weave them into the next two dreams where you have the books. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I had a, I had a few very interesting theories for these two dreams and I'm like so giddy with excitement to, Mm, to to bring these up because I, I'm really (laughs) curious to see uh, if any of this has any credence or putting myself in them too close. (laughs) I can't wait to hear. If we could start with the one with the Gestapo book. Okay, so um, I'm in a, a makeshift house with dozens of immigrants. It was a small house originally, but has been expanded several times until it's more like the sanctuary of a small church. Um, the people I'm with seem to be from Central and South America, And the roof is a dome, but a big part is patched up with a tarp. It collapses in and I gasp because the roof and ceiling has been made with old books and they're amazing. I feel like they are such treasures 
and someone, a woman, stole several of them to sell, and I'm in disbelief that someone would sell such priceless items. Um, one book has a word on it, and I think the word that I read is Gestapo. Hmm, yes, I love this dream. I love it. So yeah, I didn't actually like just try to Google that when we were kind of emailing each other back and forth over these dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought I remembered hearing something about uh, Nazis retreating to like South America. Hmm, I so had I never like, heard of this at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I was like, was that a thing or am I just imagining that? <laughs> so I just, I typed in, um, did the Nazis go to South America or something like that? And yeah, the first article was like, why South America became a Nazi haven? I was like, wow, it, I really was right. Wow, that's crazy. So you're going to tell me if this feels right or not. To me, this feels a lot like some of the dreams I've had that have been offering me inspiration for music. Hmm. So I don't know if this will feel right to you. I know you're a sci-fi and fantasy author, right? Yeah. So I don't know how Gestapos would, would find their way into that world, but I'm sure it can happen. I'm sure you can figure it out. Uh hmm. Like the way that some of the dreams have happened for me, like they'll give me song titles and it'll just be like a passing thing where I I know that I'm writing a song called a certain thing or I see it written on a piece of paper that I'm composing the music for or uh, I'll be talking to somebody about it and be like, oh, I'm I'm writing the song, blah, blah. And I'll wake up and go, I guess I got to write a song called blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And... So I guess when I was looking at this dream, I mean, I don't know. I just felt like uh, the inspiration was like falling out of the ceiling. I mean, there's like Mm. the way that you talked about it is like a sanctuary, like that felt like a small church. It felt like um, this was like a holy place. Like it it was like a kind of like this... uh, the scene was ripe for like this uh, almost like divine intervention of like these books dropping out of the ceiling that were treasures to you and like just instantly meant a lot to you. Like uh, to me, it felt like it felt like even if uh, this isn't a particular direct inspiration for you to write a, a book that relates to this dynamic of, the Nazis being in South America, whatever that would look like. Um, it seems like just the the advent of having this holy experience, this holy place where this kind of inspiration is, especially since this is during a time period where you're, you're having writer's block, it felt like, uh, to me, it felt like a, a kind of like an act of grace where, it was like, no, you have all these stories inside of you, like, and they're mm-hmm. treasures and they're so amazing and, and they mean so much to you and you don't even realize it yet. And the woman stealing them felt like, it felt like a notion of like, you you want to hold on to these as treasures, not that you can't make money off of them, but that you don't want to just take these and run. You don't want to take these 
and hmm. just just put them out for the sake of or or maybe like you just like a quick buck. to treasure right yeah to treasure the experience of of being given these stories you know that felt like uh there was a no, there was this notion of like being gifted these stories like they oh. they would come from a place deeper within you or from some greater force that would move through you to offer these stories and wow so to treasure that experience and not and not just go for the money part of it but to like really engage yourself in the experience of this creative process moving through you and these stories moving through you um, I don't know if that resonates with you at all. It sounds like it might. Um. Yeah, it definitely does. And I, again, this was one of those that I was like, it was such a picturesque, very interesting dream, but I just came away like, okay, well, I'm going to write this down in my dream journal, but I really have no idea what to make of it. Um, and so hearing what you have to say is that makes a lot of sense. It, it really does. And like what you said about stories being locked away, like they're, they've been there all along, but they're, they're patched up. If that mm. makes sense. Yeah. And then a phrase that came to mind as you were saying that was as they, as the roof falls in, they all fall. It hits me with a t like a ton of bricks. You know, wow. books are very yes. brick-like. Um, so it's almost like, yeah, you're so right. It's a reassurance for writer's block because while I'm feeling like I don't have anything left, it's like, you know, it's there all along. It's just kind of hidden away until it just releases. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's when you just said writer's block, I imagine those books as the blocks that are holding up the. <laughs> the oh ceiling. yeah, well, and they were blocked; they're held back. Yeah. Wow, very interesting. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so I don't. I, just, I was just like, dude, that's an amazing dream. It's just like there's so many ways you can pick it apart, and. Mm. Personally, I feel like since one of the books didn't have something on it, that it was almost like, here you go. Here's like your way to start. Mm. So wow. I <laughs> I, I, I'll hang on to that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm so glad because like I said before we started, I was like, some of my... Some of my ideas could either be right or they could be way wrong. <laughs> well, and it's, it's, no, it's so helpful. And, and you, you pointed these encouraging things out for the other dreams and just, just remembering the place I was in at that time where like, I couldn't see my way out mm -hmm. in, in any way creatively or, um, as a mother. And so as you're showing me like in these dreams that it's like, Hey, just trust, you know, I know you can't see these results now. I know you can't see this outcome or this, the results of this birthing process, but just trust it is happening. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's so helpful 
and I'm going to remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like the entire way through, it's just like, don't lose the faith. Like, there, yeah. there's so much going on right now that you won't be able to recognize right here in the moment. But soon enough, like, it'll all make sense and it'll all be just like this amazingly beautiful process. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you. Which brings us to the next book dream, which is also very cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you want to offer us that dream real quick? So this next dream that happened, um, it happened shortly after I experienced a, a sort of intuitive flash that was really bizarre and not something that I had experienced before. And it's hard to explain. And, um, so I had this dream and I'm at a cafe sitting at a table in the afternoon and the sun is shining in. And I have a stack of five books that I've been given. And the first one is from my best friend who I see as very assertive, very strong outspoken, like she's, she's a fighter. And the other, another one has an autumn landscape on the cover and it's from the person around whom that crazy intuitive experience happened. Um, if that makes sense. And it's from, Mm -hmm. it's from that person. And then the remaining three books are unclear and that's it. That's the dream. I'm just sitting at the table looking through them. Wow. So when you, I guess, to help clarify from my brain, uh, that was a funny way of saying that. Uh, (laughs) When you say from, does that mean like the book was written by them or it was just given to you from that person? Given to me, like written by, like not authored by them, but gifted to me. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The thing that like struck me so hard about this dream was, um, I guess there's like, there's two ways that you can look at this, um, at least as far as like, I don't know, it's my opinion, obviously, but um, dreams that I've had where I've had books given to me, we'll we'll do the first one and then the the real big aha that hit me last night, I'll I'll share with you afterwards. So the first way I was looking at this was... uh, the book would be kind of like a story of something that's happening in your life right now. Hmm. And so it would be like metaphorical to a situation or a dynamic or a situation. Did I say situation? Uh, A relationship, whatever. Whatever the book is, if you get any detail uh, from what the book is or what the storyline of the book is, like if there's books that you know personally that the dream uses, like the characters in it and the storyline can sometimes mirror what is happening in your life, like very metaphorically. And it can give like you a greater look into what's happening for you. Mm. Um, So looking at these books in particular, I was kind of struck because you, 
you're first given this book from an Amazon woman. True. And I, I don't know what the book was about, and it doesn't sound like you really know what the book is about. No, you not just know what's given from her. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's like the Amazon woman is ho- handing you this story of what's happening right now in your life, hmm. and so you have this this aspect of of these books that are being given you, where it's like the Amazon has a story to tell, and it's it's like. There, there is a story that is being told right now, and it has to do with me. It has to do with me awakening within you. Um, it's my story to you. Wow. And then the second one was like, since you said it was given to you from this person that you had this intuitive experience with, uh, it felt like that this is the other story that's happening for you right now. Oh. And so there's like these two stories that you're being given that are happening that are kind of calling to you and kind of working through you. And that's one way you can look at this. And I, I don't, in this, in relation to this idea, you could look at the three, the three, the wow, you could look at the three other books as like stories that are yet to come or like oh aspects God. of this journey that are, are undefined. And so that's like kind of really cool. It's it's like a really great. Uh, There's another way that dreams kind of use this agency. Uh, At least personally, for me, they they've used this this uh, kind of way of informing you of the drama or the story that's unfolding in your life through being in a movie theater. Mm. And so, what you're watching on the movie screen. Is kind of like larger than life, like unfolding in your in your waking life, and so whatever the 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 drama is, or the conflict, or whatever the storyline gives you, like that that dynamic could possibly be playing out in your life, and you can you know glean some pretty awesome insight on that. Yeah. So that's one way you can look at the dream. Uh, the other way that really like just rocked my world last night was, uh, you know, obviously we just talked about how the the first book was the Amazon, uh, but there's five books, and the second book is from a pastor that I a pa- a pastor a pastor now that I know so he's like this spiritual, yeah, um, this is spiritual energy, and so that would be kind of tie into. I mean, it it's it doesn't quite work that he's a man, but I mean, you could see that as also like the the medial, the medial. Woman or like the, that priestess energy. It would have, I mean, I would have just been too giddy if it was like a a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's still it still works for the energy, and so then you have the five books. So you have like the five archetypes of. Oh my gosh! What? Yeah. <laughs> So, oh my gosh that's yeah, so like weird you actually see like those other stories of those other archetypes coming online at another date what um, yeah so i was like oh my god i can't that's... believe it's literally five books <laughs> oh my gosh that's so crazy that's amazing yeah yes 
what? That's good. I have like 45 <laughs> seconds of, of me just being like, what? No. What? No. Oh my uh, gosh. Wow. Yes. That makes so much sense. And what you were saying, I mean, both of those, I feel like it's both. And, yeah, and it definitely can be. When you're talking about like being given a story by these archetypes, that makes so much sense. And also like the act of taking it and receiving it, it's like grafting it into myself, into mm -hmm. my story. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, it's all yes. part of my story. Wow. And again, like I'm I'm so glad you asked me all these questions because this dream to me, I thought of it as like a throwaway dream. Like, well, I don't know what that is at all. <laughs> and so the fact that you just like found these mind blowing, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty. That's crazy. That's and really, really cool. Yeah. The number five, I'm going to really have to keep tabs. Gosh, I wonder if the dream will continue as time goes on. That would be awesome. Well, it does seem like, uh, because then the, the dream with a necklace that your aunt gave you, you described her as not as an assertive woman, but a spiritual one. And so <laughs> yes, there's, I did. There oh is the, the medial woman right there. Oh, my gosh. I can't handle it. And it's interesting because that was like, what, the, the next year that dream happened? So that it's was like, like, sorry, I keep talking over you. No, you know, please go. Yeah. So, um that was the following, I think, January, January 2018. Or no, I guess I told you it was late 2018. So like a, over a year later. Um, so it's really interesting to juxtapose these two dreams. Because again, the book dream we just talked about until now, I saw as a throwaway dream that <laughs> made no sense. And who knows? But now that you've pointed all of that out and we're juxtaposing it next to a dream I had over a year later, I can just see these parallelisms. Um, so yeah, again, it was over a year later. And in the dream, I I'm given a beautiful necklace made of gemstones in jewel tones, blues, greens, purples, um, by my aunt. And my aunt is not an assertive woman, as all these other dreams have shown, but she, I associate her with um, spirituality. And she gave it to me, and I knew as soon as she gave it to me that it was a prayer necklace. And in the middle was a large octagonal gemstone that was blue. And I, I mm -hmm. knew in the dream, this octagon means something. Um. So when I woke up, I looked up the symbolism of octagons and found a paper um, because apparently Leonardo da Vinci was highly interested in the shape. And it said that um, the octagon was seen as the intermediary, the connecting shape between the circle and the square. Um, they're typically drawn with the circle at the top representing the cosmos, the square at the bottom 
as the earth and then the octagon seen in between as the shape that connects these two things. Um, so just like wow. reconciling two opposites and that resonated with me so much um, as a storyteller. I see that a lot as my mission or not my mission. It's just how I am as a storyteller. Like I can see the commonalities and a lot of opposing things. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. It was very cool. It's uh, like, Oh man, when I read that little blurb you sent me about the Leonardo's ideas about that, I was like, Oh my God, it is like, it is like, cause I think part of it said an octagon is a, is either seen as like a square becoming a circle or a circle becoming a square. Yes. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, dude, I never even thought about an octagon like that. I that's know. So now cool. I'm like, hey, that's my favorite shape now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so this uh, necklace, does it reach down to like the middle of your chest in the dream? Is it like a... Yeah, it's a long... Um... And maybe that's partly why I knew it was a like a mala or a some type of prayer necklace because it it was so long, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then my 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 thought was, uh, you know, the heart is kind of the same. It's kind of like this uh, this middle point from you know the base of your spine and the top of your the crown of your head, and so it's kind of like. Uh, it, it's the same focal point as the octagon is oh. and it's kind of like uh, in a mystical way of looking at the heart too it's kind of like the it's kind of the doorway of of spirit to move through you into this world oh. and so it is kind of like this it's it's an intermediary intermediary of its own where you know, we feel so much movement and so much emotion and so much just life things in in the center of our chest right there and like our, I guess you could call it like the mystical heart. Um, yeah. And it really is like a doorway between two worlds. It's like, that's uh, where all the, the good stuff happens. I... Yeah. That's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. But I, I just like thought about it now. So what? How different of a blue is it to the other aqua colors that had appeared with the Amazon? Oh, very, very different. Yeah. Very different. Okay. Yeah, more la, lapis lazuli. Think that shade. Okay. That like yep. kind of royalish blue, or yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Here again, I don't do a great job of connecting my thoughts, but. What I would have wanted to say in this moment was that the lapis colored stone in the center of this necklace that she's given would be associated with the medial woman because lapis is connected to the third eye. And so all of the great qualities of introspection and meditation and contemplation and wisdom and inner vision and all that kind of beauty that comes with the opening of the mystical third eye is very connected to the medial woman. And as is the mystical heart. I think that's what I was trying to say, but I didn't come back to that thought. And so, at the very least, the octagonal notion 
is such an amazing examination of the place of power that the medial woman holds, of being the bridge between, or the initiatory guardian of these sacred thresholds. Because the medial woman is the initiatory guide within the scope of these archetypes. I mean, she is going to guide your process of the queen awakening every step of the way and point at all of the spiritual work and the shadow work that needs to happen for the queen to arise. And so the gift of the necklace is like the gift of this awareness of the place of power that the medial woman holds, and it's quite profound. And you said you actually created that in real life, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, I felt oh, it man. stuck with me. It felt so meaningful. I felt like it needed to be materialized. So I purchased a Mala kit, and I made it. Wow, that's so cool. There was one dream where I was given an amulet, and oh. it was right before the big death experience happened for me. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was probably like a month and a half, maybe two months before then. And I wanted to to create it so badly, but I, I just have never found the right pieces for it. Mm. And so like the, I don't consider myself very Catholic anymore, but I was raised Catholic and I'm more like spiritual, but not religious, I guess you could say. Right. Same. And yeah. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, there was, I don't know, during that initiatory period, there were so many like uh, kind of Christian symbols that were coming hmm. into my dreams, like a lot of crucifixes. And because it, it essentially was like my death and rebirth. So like, yeah, the cross was like, so prominent in quite a few dreams uh, during that time, especially like right before the death happened. Actually, I'll share it because it is one of the king dreams. Um, it was probably like three weeks before like the big decimation happened where I pretty much had lost everything for a day or two. And oh, wow. I, uh, so I had this dream that I was standing outside the court of a king and I was about to enter in. I was in a line to go in and, and uh, kind of have a meeting with the king. And at first, I don't realize what I'm doing there. But all of a sudden, it, like the whole awareness of everything dawns on me. And I realize where I am. And a person just before me walks through the doors into the king's court, carrying, like Jesus, uh, a white a giant white cross on his shoulder and he's just dragging it and it looks heavy as hell. Oh my gosh. And, uh, that was, I was like, Oh my God, I'm actually going to go in and meet him. And it like the dream ended right before I would wow. walk through the doors. Uh. But to see, to see the, 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 the cross in, in addition to standing before the King felt like such like a, such a moment of exactly what the king does for for like a man's psyche where it's like mm. there's this powerful meeting where everything after it becomes reorganized where it's like it's almost like the blessing of the king or the 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 execution right yeah whatever the king decides 
is is what needs to happen is about to happen wow and so to see the the cross go in there essentially told me that that was what was about to happen that wow you know that death and rebirth at the cross or like my this is my cross to bear this this initiation that i've been going through that this is the cross that i've had to bear and to go through this process um yeah and That's so intense. yeah it was super intense and so like amazing uh for me to think back on it's just like oh yes it's so like it just drips with like so much great like energy and and symbolism yeah and yeah had i known that that was really what that meant i i knew it was powerful but i didn't really know like exactly per se what it meant i was anticipating a, an experience like what i had but i didn't think it was going to have to go as far as it went Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just like looking back on it, like, wow. That's so heavy. Oh, man. That's yeah. very potent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the amulet was like, uh, it was uh, a crucifix. And behind it was like a, a gemstone that was understood to be connected to my moon sign in astrology, which is Leo. Hmm. And so when I was looking up what gemstones uh, correspond with the sign of Leo as a moon sign, like uh, rose quartz was like the, the main one because it's connected to the heart and Leo is very connected ah, to the heart. Interesting. Yeah. So it was like this amulet was kind of like almost, it was almost like foretelling. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I mean... The, the whole initiation had so much to do with my, like, me facing my worth issues. And so, yeah, it was uh, very much tied to the heart and to all of that. And yeah. It felt That's like amazing. that was like a protection amulet of being able to survive being completely demolished. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Jeez. <laughs> So yeah, so I, I definitely wanted to 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 create that so I could like carry that with me and be like I I survived the total decimation of yeah <laughs> who oh my I gosh. was before that. Then shortly after this part of our conversation, uh, Leah had to go, and we kind of sat on this episode for a while, which. In hindsight, actually, it was very nice because now two months later, I was able to get back on a call with her and we were able to discuss how the insights have sank in a little deeper that were revealed to her during our conversation. And so here we are two months later to wrap up this conversation. Thank you for staying with us this long. So, Leah, here we are again. It's two months later down the road. Uh, welcome back. Thank you for coming again. <laughs> yeah, of course. Happy to be here again. Awesome. Uh, so, I guess just to jump right back in here, uh, now that you've had about two months to kind of digest the conversation that we had and all the amazing epiphanies that happened, uh do you have anything that you would like to comment on as far as 
maybe having that that time to be able to really digest it and think about it deeper and make any additional connections. Do you have anything to add to that conversation? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> there's so many epiphanies. It's probably a good thing I had two months, right? Um, <laughs> no, I, I've thought about it a lot ever since because it was just so much. And um, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm excited for people to be able to hear the interview and the full story because I know like I've tried to explain to my friends and it's just like, it's so much, um, it's, it was a lot to take in at the time, but, um, some of the things that just really stood out to me were, um, how even the most disturbing dreams can actually be a message of hope. Um, and that has really changed how I view, like if I, if I have a disturbing dream now, instead of being freaked out, um, or threatened by what's coming up in my sleep. I remember what you and Jason had told me about that imagery and how um, death can be a sign of rebirth or just, just how there's a message of hope even in disturbing dreams. And even beyond that, um, everything you said about the archetypes of the, uh, was it, is it called the Divine feminine? Is that accurate? Yeah, I think uh, the way that she frames it is uh, the, what is it? Sacred. Yeah, I think it's the sacred feminine archetypes. Yeah, everything you had pointed out about the sacred feminine archetypes and how um, the Amazon woman and even the medial woman were showing up. that was just so powerful to me. And if I had known that, you know, four years ago, um, which actually I think you had told me back then, it, it brought so much hope during a period of my life where I felt weak and I felt incapable. And so that message from my dreams that you um, helped to excavate um, it just made such a difference to, to find that encouragement of like, Hey, even though you don't feel it right now and you feel the opposite of strength right now, just mm-hmm. know that this is being built and birthed and it, it can really just impart such a sense of trust and hope. So I've, I've really thought of it a lot and it has rekindled my desire to keep a dream journal. Cause I really got off track with that for a while. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for what you guys are doing. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, thank you. I appreciate you saying all that. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate that there are people like you and Jason out there that have this passion for interpreting someone else's dreams um, and spending so much time doing that because it it really does make a difference. So yeah. Wow, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to have... Uh, to have helped you in this process because yeah it's it's so amazing like when those those moments happen where everything starts clicking with the symbolism and how it relates to your life and just not even just how it relates to your life but how like what it means for your life and 
how it how it aids in you feeling support and like supported by something so much deeper and so invisible to this world that just makes you feel so comforted and so taken care of on such like a fundamental level it's just yeah. like it really is just like amazing and i think that's i think that's why jason and i are so like <laughs> passionate about it because we've seen how it works in our own lives and um, we get super excited when we see the same kind of things like awakening within other people because oh man we know we know what it what it's done for us and to be able to share that with somebody else just feels like paying that forward in in like a large way so yeah that's awesome very cool um you haven't had any dreams since our conversation that maybe those archetypes have shown up have you (laughs) (laughs) do you really need more material (laughs) not really no but if you I, just, just give me a yes or no. <laughs> no, yeah. In the uh, the other night, I had a dream that like I could only remember the barest bit of, but I immediately recognized one of the dream characters. It's like there she is. There's that Amazon woman. Um, something really stressful happened over the holiday where I was feeling that that sort of voicelessness and incapability. Mm-hmm. And so one of the dreams I had after that. I I saw her and now, you know, I knew her right away. And like that sense of trust replaced that sense of, of incapability. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Cause essentially with all those archetypes, just to do a quick little recap. So the way that you can, you can recognize these archetypes, these five archetypes. So we'll say the queen, the lover, the warrior, or the Amazon, uh, the medial woman, or the priestess, uh, and the mother. So the mother is pretty obvious. Uh, the queen is pretty obvious. Even uh, like an empress or any kind of woman in power, even if it's like a, a woman president or any kind of ruling position that a woman would be in, you could kind of see the queen energy interjected in there. The Amazon is typically pretty easy to, to, to pick out. I mean, you, you could have very archetypal images of, of actual warrior women, uh, women in the military, uh, just very assertive women like you have seen uh, so prominently where they just exude power and exude confidence and are just badass and just hack it just so well. Um, the medial woman shows up as like a shamaness or a medicine woman or a high priestess or any sagely kind of spiritual guru or guide. Uh, you can you can pretty much assume that that like a psychic would be a medial woman. And then the lover can show up in many ways. Uh, sometimes she shows, she or he shows up as like your ex-lover or your current lover. Or if you're romantically engaged in a dream and you don't maybe know who the dream character is, that would be the lover archetype. Hmm. Uh, typically, when you have dreams with the lover archetype, if they're like, how do you say this? I mean, 
any romantically engaged dream would be the lover archetype. But sometimes you have these very powerful dreams with the lover energy where it's kind of like you fall in love with somebody over the course of the dream and you wake up and you're like, no, I never felt <laughs> love like that. Why does that, that, why did that have to be a dream? Um, so if you have any dreams like that, where like you meet somebody and you just instantly like fall into this deep and passionate love and it's like a pure love, it's like the most pure love you've ever felt. That's absolutely lover energy. Um, and the opposite, anytime you have a dream where you're betrayed by a lover or you're cheated on, all those great, wonderful, awful dreams, uh, huh. all that kind of stuff. Uh, the mother is pretty obvious, I think I said already. Um, could be your mother, a mother that you kn- that all of a sudden is just your mother in the dream. You don't know who they are in waking life, but they're your mother. Huh. Uh, your mother-in-laws, any kind of mother figure. So yeah, that's how you you can identify them in, in your dreams, and if if they take a particularly powerful stance, then you know you're really working pretty powerfully with their energy and what they got going on. And like I kind of talked about earlier in the other interview, like you can begin to kind of see how they overlap with each other, yeah, and how they combine into one archetypal figure within a dream. Uh, but that's that's probably getting into too much to try to do that all right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's like pretty exciting. So going forward, anytime you, you inter- interact or encounter any of those kind of figures in your dreams, you'll know exactly uh, <laughs> yeah. who you're dealing with. And you'll get to kind of watch the arc of their development within your psyche based on how they show up. Because they can show up in a, in a shadow capacity, like I was kind of talking about with the lover archetype in particular. Um, Usually we have unresolved issues with the lover energy from past relationships we've had and just our own capacity for loving life and that kind of thing and honoring our soul, which the soul is very tied to the lover archetype because that energy is just so pure and it's like that it's that energy that that moves through us that is constantly saying yes to life with every beat of our heart and uh so when you encounter that that's why those dreams feel so powerful especially when that lover energy really shows up in the dream it just feels like holy cow and i see on reddit all the time people post dreams about that like i'm depressed why would my dreams do this to me why would they give me such a beautiful dream like that and then have me wake up and be even more depressed and <laughs> I'm like, well, you got to understand if you're depressed, then you're you're very lacking in the lover energy. And here you are encountering it full on and it's showing you just how deeply separated you are from that energy. And it's it's trying to tease you out. It's trying to show you that that is in there and that it wants you to try to discover it for yourself and to, to rediscover it. And so it, it's it's. I know how it feels and it's not the agency that the dream is using feels awful, but uh, it really is trying to encourage you to awaken that and touching base with that during a depressive state is, I would think is powerful It's powerful medicine to, yeah. to, to reawaken to who you really are. So Anyways, I'm starting to tangent here. Um, <laughs> to kind of wrap this up, I mean, I guess I kind of already asked you this question, but 
looking back now on the last few years, based on what we talked about, um, do you have any final comments or thoughts on, you know, what this process has meant for you? Because you didn't fully understand what was happening to you while it was going on. Yeah. But now being able to look back in hindsight, because the process worked you, because you, you have kind of come into a better place where you, you feel that energy now, like really starting to awaken with you more fully. And uh, just based on what I've seen that you've been putting out on Instagram and stuff like that, uh, it just, it seems like this process really worked you hard and uh, yeah, you're really starting to kind of reap the the reward of, of that time period. And so I don't know if you have, any closing thoughts on looking back on that process and now that you you know exactly what was going on? Uh, yeah. Um, what that meant to you or what it means to you that that I all mean, happened I, for you? I think what you said a couple months ago about um, comparing it to conception and birth and how it takes time, um, that really rings true because, like I said before, I felt so the opposite of all the qualities the Amazon archetype embodies at that time mm-hmm. and and even even still but like you pointed out um, in our interview a couple months ago it it begins to show up in the psyche before it manifests outwardly um, and so I, I can see how it's it's been slow and it hasn't always been a linear trajectory, but it's it's still coming to fruition, um, even more so now than, you know, in prior years. So, you know, it's our dreams don't always reflect something instantaneous, although I'm, I know they can. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, with something like this, it's... It's more a steady, like, hey, keep at it, keep at it, don't worry, a patience and persistence thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like if the psyche takes its time with you, it it wants to do it right. It wants to make sure that it's thorough and... Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, so I feel like that's been my, my journey. <laughs> Yeah, it's been very thorough. Oh my god, it's put me through the ringer. But and especially with this process, awakening with the the whole sacred archetypes, it's not just like doesn't appear to be just one of them. It seems like it's really trying to completely revolutionize your psychic life, mm. and in that your waking life as well. So you. So it's, I don't know, it's it's really, it's it's so fascinating to watch and I can't wait to see what happens for you over the next couple of years, especially if what we said about the the dream with the five books. Oh, yeah. A couple yet to, um, still to come and oh. that kind of situation. So I'll be interested to hear. You'll have to make sure that you contact me if you start seeing a lot of lover <laughs> dreams and a lot of... Uh, <laughs> other dreams uh, start to show up with some of the other archetypes and yeah yeah that'll be really interesting well thank you for having me again yeah absolutely and 
One thing I'll, I'll leave you with is uh, uh, going forward. I mean, you can you can definitely ask your dreams where you stand with certain archetypes, or you know, uh, you can go to bed and ask, um, you know, can you can you give me insight on what my relationship is to this archetype, or what the relationship between these two archetypes are. You can kind of ask in that capacity and try to move things along or you can you can invite this pro i guess what i'm trying to say is you can invite this process in even more intentionally okay um if that's something that you are looking to do there's definitely ways that if if you voice that i want more of this this is exciting I want to see more of it in my dreams. I want to work with these archetypes more. Um, there's definitely that that capability going forward. Oh wow! Yeah, that's really fascinating. And I think uh, based on the the other dream with the the tarp that where the books fell down through, to me it just seems like your dreams are are looking for you to look to them for inspiration mm. and. So you can also ask for that, especially, are you still writing your, your next book right now? Is that? Uh, time, time has been very, very scarce. Um, and it's, it's been a pretty arduous editing process. So I hope to be able to return to it soon. Um, COVID makes things very unpredictable for. Yep. Yeah, yeah you get it. Yep. But I hope so. All right. Well, if you are if you if you're running into any um, additional blocks, I I think if you are, were to ask for insight on characters or plot twists or anything like that, I I, I have a feeling that they would probably show up for you pretty readily. That would be really um, cool. I've actually yeah. never dreamed about anything that I've like any books that I've been working on. So I might have to give that a try. That'd be a cool experiment. Yeah. You could even ask to like meet your characters so you can see them in the flesh and kind of. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be so cool. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I think this is probably a good way to sign off. So thank you yeah. so much for having this incredible conversation with me and entrusting me with your dreams and, Absolutely. I'm glad we uh, we were able to reconnect after so many years and yeah, really kind of flesh out what was happening for you. And this has been really exciting for me. So thank you. Thank you. Edgar Casey said, dreams are today's answers to tomorrow's questions. This bit of wisdom sums up what I see happening in Leah's dreams. Tomorrow, she will face new challenges as a woman, an author, a person, and today, her dreams prepare her. Another fascinating fact emerges from her story. You don't have to interpret dreams to harvest the benefits of how they prepare you for what's happening in your life and what lies ahead. Simply engage with them, journal them, think about them, feel your way through them. Carl Jung says that analyzing dreams can speed up the process of personal development that's not only reflected in dreams, but enhanced and even created by them. But it's an organic process that proceeds as nature intended it, with or without your input. 
Stephen and Leah make so many wise points in this interview. They find parallels between her dreams and literature, called Amplification Method by Jung. They see her reflected in her dream characters. They speak of the amazing energy that archetypes give off and their potent creativity. And they show that dream interpretation is not just about engaging with one dream, but with overall dream life. The patterns and personal parallels emerge and are easier to see. One last thought, from me to Leah, from one author to another. Those five books that fell into your hands, they could be five books you will write. Leah's website is leah-noel.com, and her new book is called While Cerberus Sleeps. Sounds interesting, Leah. Look up my co-host, Stephen Ernenwine, AQ the Dreamwalker, and his amazing music inspired by his dreams. I'm your other co-host for the Dreams That Shape Us podcast. Find me at jmdeboard.com. And remember, sharing is caring, friends. Help us spread the word that dreams are worth all of the time and attention that you give to them. We're done for now. Thank you for joining us. Peace. Peace.